0: Hi, it's Joey Remini here from SeekingBalance.com.au and I'm really pleased today to be interviewing Jane Collings, Jane Hardwick Collings. Welcome to the call. Thank you so much, Joey. Thank you for inviting me. Well, this is a treat. So Jane and I are colleagues out in the fields. Jane does a lot of work in women working through not only birthing and giving birth and rebirthing themselves. Um, Jane is originally a midwife working in the medical system and then decided to focus more on the spiritual aspects of midwifing and shamanic womencraft. And Jane has, I think we could say, had the privilege of working with, now I can't say, what your mentor's name was?
1: Janine Pavati baker
0: Yep, Janine Pavardi-Baker. And mm-hmm. who I've never met, but I know of through Jane. And so Jane was privileged in learning a lot of, what I would probably consider sacred women's business and oral teachings, which means it's taught from person to person rather than book to book.
1: Mm.
0: However, now that we've got digital technology, more of us can learn online by listening to podcasts or tuning into videos and audios. But there's something very special about going through an apprenticeship and a very intimate learning process with the wise elder woman. Mm. And I had the privilege of doing a similar thing through my yoga and mindfulness training and I think we connect in that we're both working with people who are experiencing deep fear. Mm. They're experiencing things in their lives that are changing and unfamiliar. So I work with vertigo and tinnitus clients or people with chronic pain of some form. And you're working with women who are, who are going through either the fear of birthing a human in a very physical sense or rebirthing themselves as women and the perspective of how they feel in themselves
1: Mm. and often the women come to um the work that i bring through finding difficulties within their menstrual cycle or through menopause or sometimes through an illness that's Mm -hmm. related to other things or trauma wounding so really I, i think a lot of the um ways people access what what I'm doing what we're doing is in the effort to make sense of something
0: and often life is chaotic and unfair and it doesn't make sense Hmm. and that's where I feel for me personally having a different perspective and the shamanic perspective can often I mean I have a great childlike kind of personality and I love the sense of the absurd and the ridiculous and so when things don't fit the linear um, kind of mainstream model, you know, I'm okay with it. I really like playing in Dreamtime, you know, and, and, I, and I love storytelling and I, I loved reading Women Who Run With The Wolves. I love learning about Aboriginal uh, Dreamtime stories and songlines. And I really encourage all of the listeners out there, if you're thinking like, ooh, I'm not sure about this, I don't do fantasy, I don't do fiction, I really urge you to open up to it. There's something very healing about letting that right side of our brain come into play in our lives. And things that I want to talk with Jane about are, in particular, we can touch upon menstruation as well, actually, but I wanted to focus more on menopause Mm. and that part of a woman's life, and it can certainly happen to a man as well around that 50 year age kind of mark and looking at how we change physically in our hormones but then also mentally emotionally and spiritually and i think this rite of passage is something that you have a huge wealth of experience in and wisdom and i would love our listeners to learn more about how hormones and rites of passage impact us as human beings so this is the the conversation of wholeness so do you want to speak a little, about, little bit about this rite of passage work? And I'm very happy if you want to start with menstruation and then we can move towards menopause. Sure.
1: Okay. Thanks, Joey. So firstly, i just explain what a rite of passage is. So mm-hmm. it's, a, it's not a New Age thing. It's an ancient cross-cultural thing that anthropologists have studied forever. Mm-hmm. And it's a time of transformation in our lives. And a rite of passage from one place, to the next. There's all sorts of components that make one up, but the most important thing to, to know about a rite of passage is that it, whatever happens, whatever is said or not said, whatever is done or not done hmm. teaches us on a subliminal level, which means we don't even know that we're being taught how our culture values the next role we're going into And therefore how to behave to be accepted by the culture in that new role. So it creates culture and reinforces culture on the inside through your mindset, your fears, your attitudes and beliefs and on the outside because it teaches you how you have to behave to be accepted by the culture.
0: And this happens for both men and women. And on this call, we probably will focus a little bit more on the rights of passage as it is for women, but it's absolutely applicable to men. So for men it would be um, the first time they discover their manhood in an ejaculation context. Is that right? Would that be the yeah, equivalent? Basically
1: puberty. Puberty.
0: Puberty. So yep. it's
1: puberty for boys and girls. And it's a bit different, you know. So for girls, puberty is uh, puberty takes a long time, but for girls there's <laughs> You know, like there's the first blood, the men, the menarch or menarchy or menarch however you're taught to say it, mm-hmm. and the blood on the undies. You know, like so. There's a moment where for boys it's a much longer period of time, and yes, there's this thought that it's about when they become sexually active, or you know, in the wet dream sort of style that that marks the beginning of the next phase. Mm-hmm. But as I said, it's a longer becoming for for boys and. and- it- and if it, birth, yeah, birth for women, childbirth or pregnancy. Actually, you know, because every pregnancy results in a birth. Even an abortion or a miscarriage is a birth. Mm-hmm. And uh, but for men, you know, fatherhood and motherhood, ver- the, the actual rite of passage of birth is extremely different. Obviously, for a, a man and a woman, mm-hmm. and likewise with menopause. So menopause. The next rite of passage for women is the cessation of bleeding, menstruation and fertility. And for men, it's more of a midlife crisis kind of a scenario as opposed to something physically as obvious as stopping menstruating.
0: Yeah. Although I'm sure for men, their physical strength does change too as they they get into their 50s. So there probably are more subtle physical signs for men, which is, again less obvious but i wanted to come back to this we are t- the way we experience for example first menstruation if a if a young woman is to feel alone and shamed and dirty and like just totally wanting to not think about it and reject it what what the rite of passage process is teaching her is that it's not okay to be wild it's not okay to have normal natural healthy functions it's you know it's not okay to to be in my natural self. So there's a kind of like a shaming and a rejecting of her
1: absolutely
0: perfectly healthy, normal body. Mm. And Jane's got some um, unbelievable statistics on this. It's really common for women to not understand or enjoy or embrace or feel at peace with their menarche. And do you want to share some of those stats?
1: Well, yeah. So, I mean, just forgetting numbers for the moment, in all the work that I do and and the other women who are menstrual educators, a lot of it comes from the initial experience of of the menarche because the shame you speak of, the um, feelings of being dirty, shameful, unpredictable... Um, Etc. What we associate woman to mean? Hmm. So, uh, so to 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 come into womanhood with the imprint from the rite of passage that to be a woman is shameful. That you must hide everything to do about it. Whatever you do, don't leak, and all that sort <laughs> of stuff. It's like a setup for disaster, and we see that disaster right in front of our eyes. The Menstrual cycle, as an entity, if it were an entity, is yes. screaming, screaming for attention. Because the menstrual cycle, to quote Alexandra Pope, mm-hmm. the menstrual cycle is the barometer of our well-being. So yeah. whatever is going on in your life on every level, physical, emotional, mental, spiritual, shows up in your menstrual cycle. So the yeah. pathology in our menstrual cycle as a... Um, society is really bad
0: yeah and I mean I feel on a personal level I feel really lucky and blessed because I I was you know so heavily studying yoga in my body from the age of 15 and it wasn't until I was 25 that I learned there was a different way to practice yoga and to be in my body based on my 29 day cycle so I was mapping my cycle every day and adjusting how I used my body based on whether I was on day one or day four or day eight, et cetera. So I had this very personal relationship building time through my mid-20s. And I noticed, I kind of did it experimentally at first. No one told me to do it. But I noticed that if I respected my cycle, so in when we're bleeding in day one to five or however long you bleed, you often don't wanna do the laundry or you don't wanna go down the shop, you don't wanna be out partying, you don't wanna be out and about, you just wanna be quiet. So you do the bare minimum and everything's very quiet and gentle and inward. And then as you move through your second week you get more energy, more excitement, more building, more creating, more doing. Get stuff done. And then We go through peak energy as we get around day 14 and then I would slowly wind down in that last two weeks towards a more quieter life. So I kind of had this high energy, low energy thing happening. If I did that and listened to that and honored my body without pushing through and just doing what the world wanted me to do, I would have zero symptoms, like Mm -hmm. actually zero symptoms. I felt happy, light, strong, and I just happened to have blood coming out of me like there was zero symptoms at all and I thought that was so interesting and months when I would push myself and work too hard and party too hard and do too much and cook too many meals for other people I would start to get pain and swelling and so that barometer I can definitely say I'm I'm in tune with that Mm. and I really listen to it if I start to get moody I know okay something's not quite right I'm not listening I'm not nurturing Mm. you're a genius well, not really. It's natural, isn't it? But I feel grateful that I had that time. I had that self-study. Mm. And self-study is a really big part of healing, I think, any symptom. Mm. Um, but anyway, moving into, I would love you to share worst case scenario on best case scenario just to give the, le- the listeners a little snippet of what you feel is possible when men and women honour the sacredness of their sexuality and the natural wild movements of their hormones and for women bleeding and for men I suppose their procreation sexual capacity when men and women are in a really sacred space of honoring that and owning that personally what how do you think that will change the world?
1: Well as a midwife I always think about the effects of everything on birthing the next generation and Mm -hmm. if women and men come into um, birthing with everything switched on, including their awareness of their um, full extent of capabilities, including that the baby talks to them through whatever means they'll understand whilst Mm -hmm. whilst the mother is pregnant. Mm-hmm. Then, um, with men and women going coming together and then uh, bringing forth what Janine would say, what their love looks like, their children.
0: Yep.
1: Yeah. Then, then we're gonna have, we're gonna have gentle births, which mean that we're gonna have a next, The next generation aren't gonna be anywhere near as complicated
0: yep. as
1: those who experience um, complicated births. So
0: and how do you think that will impact society and governments and collectives as the loving connection trust and relationship of of parents and children actually begin to form leaderships and companies and you know how can that really in your vision how can this impact us as a healthier society
1: Yeah well, I'm just trying to think of his name right now and I can't and maybe I will. One of the, uh, <laughs> one of the benefits of menopause is a different kind of memory, but there's lots, <laughs> lots written about how violence yeah. begins at birth and um, when, when birth is experienced violently or if uh, traumatically, mother, traumatically or if mothers and babies are separated, then that sets up the energy of uh, violence and separation that carries on. And um, there's so much written about how birth practices do and can influence culture and society. Michelle O'Donnell talks about it a lot, and um, I will remember this other article. If I don't, then we can... Put it in the notes for people if they want to look it up. But how birth happens just sets everything up. It's just the basic earth wisdom that whatever happens at the beginning of something, Mm -hmm. including our birth, sets up the energy for everything that will unfold.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I'm even just trying to think it from the really practical terms of if I, and like I'm not there yet, I'm definitely not enlightened and don't claim to be. But if I were to really honor my body wisdom and trust my potency and trust my natural and wild cycles and offer myself a sense of deep love, that is going to fundamentally change how I make choices in life, how mm-hmm. I spend my money, who mm-hmm. I spend time with, who mm-hmm. I vote for, because mm-hmm. I will be coming from a place of, of grounded ease and I'm not rushing. Like mm-hmm. I know I've got time and space. I trust mm-hmm. myself. Mm. And that's going to change who I partner with, how I communicate with them, how I communicate with my baby and trust my baby and say how the baby's treated. So rather than maybe making fear-based choices for my family, I'll be making trust-based choices for my family. Mm. And I I mean, if you times that by millions, that's Mm. going to be a lot of trust and a lot of love and a lot more slow decision-making instead of fearful reacting.
1: Exactly, like we can completely refigure um, our cultures by concentrating on these rites of passage because they are the things that reinforce the culture mm. and create it on the inside, as I said. So birth, yes. and as a midwife, like my, um, my mission has always been to d- to do whatever I can to help babies be born gently and mm-hmm. mothers to begin motherhood from a place of having accessed her inner knowing and inner uh, trust inner trust, her that's wealth big. energy, all of that kind of stuff, so that 's where focus on menarche, first period and menopause has come into my mission because yep. those other places are playing out the stories of what actually happened at birth or of, of being born or giving birth. So yep. if, if we focus on rites of passage, we can change the culture.
0: Yeah, and culture does impact us. In fact, I think there's a bunch of psychological studies that say you are the net result of the people you spend time with. Mm. And so the culture you're living in is directly influencing how you treat yourself, how you make decisions, how you spend your time, how you spend your money and all of these decisions make up your experience of life. Mm. And I'm just thinking, coming back to people who may have chronic pain, chronic dizziness, disequilibrium, vertigo, tinnitus, any of these conditions that I'm, I'm working with. So these are inner, um, inner ear signals, traveling through the midbrain, into the brain, and something's not right. So the internal reality is not matching the outside world. So you might feel like you're at a disco or you're on a boat or you're spinning when you're just at home in the kitchen trying to cook dinner for your family. So it's incredibly inconvenient. But if we go back to the rites of passage and through your menarch or through your menopause, you learn to trust your body, to trust your inner signals, to trust what you're feeling and to tune into that, then the process of you experiencing it would be a lot more calmer and grounded and settled and you would be able to guide your brain back into the space of stability
1: and center. And maybe the symptoms wouldn't need to get so extreme to get your attention.
0: Could be, although you never want to predict how nature's gonna unfold. Because I think even when people have amazing sense of well being and they're meditators and they're eating greens and they're just, you know, they've got all their ducks lined up, they can still get incredibly intense symptoms. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really how you ride the wave and how you trust yourself and listen and go within and get the support you need to do that, it can pass elegantly. And I've done that myself and I've seen it in many of my clients. It can pass really elegantly. If you gift yourself that time and trust. Mm. But so many people have never been taught how to trust themselves. They go straight outside for their answers and they speak to tens of thousands of doctors and kinesiologists and osteopaths and chiropractors and dieticians. And they're looking outside of themselves because they don't trust their inner wisdom. So they're spending a lot of time, a lot of money, and they're getting increasingly feeling like helplessness, hopelessness, powerlessness. And it makes me wonder. Well, a huge part of the work I do, like you, is going back into that inner wisdom, answering our own questions and having a container where we can actually reset our rites of passage and Mm. retrain the nervous system to be within, access more self-love and self-compassion and actually let the body heal instead Mm. of blocking the body from healing. So I wanted to chat a little bit more about the concept of the marga. Do you want to introduce people to... Marga, spelled M-A-G-A. You're going to love it.
1: Yeah, Marga. So Marga is the term that I was taught by one of my teachers, Cedar Barstow, in America about 15 years ago. So when I was about 45, I'm 60 now, she talked to me about this new phase in a woman's life. And Mm -hmm. basically it's uh, for those who are familiar with the maiden, mother, crone archetypes of the three phases of a woman's life, which are basically... Maiden, and then mother, and then crone. So, crone is the uh, traditional term used for the postmenopausal woman. Yet, now what's happened is we have another phase of life after mother, before crone. And as I said, I was taught the term maga. So, there's other names, and that's enchantress, queen, uh, matriarch, priestess priestess, um, empress, (coughs) sovereign woman, like it's basically the autumn phase of our lives. So if maiden is spring, summer is mother, crone is winter and marga is the autumn. So autumn woman, harvest queen. So basically, sorry, go on.
0: Well, you could say it's roughly, if we said um, maiden was zero to 25 years of age, mother 25 to 50, Marga fifty to seventy, and Crone, seventy to death.
1: Yes, exactly. Although you enter Margahood when you are post, when you have finished bleeding, so that could be forty-five as opposed yeah. to fifty. It could be fifty-five. So Marga, the autumn season of our life, is heralded. It begins after you stop bleeding. So it's the it's it's a time when um, there's so many hormonal shifts, which I'd love to explain, but also there's, it's a time when life changes. Like, you know, it's not called the change of life for nothing. (laughs) Everything changes. And um, I thought that there couldn't be anything more transformational than giving birth until I went through menopause. Mm. So it's, a, it's actually like an, another labour and it's a labour where it leads to the birth of the wise woman self. Mm. So birth into the marga phase, which is the harvest, as I said. So the thing about um, this phase is that when women hear about it, it's like, oh, thank thank goodness there's another part of my life where I am able to be active and mm. to give back rather than become the crone who is the archetypal old woman.
0: Shr- shrinking so. and shriveling and sitting in the corner saying, yes, dear, no, dear. Hmm.
1: So an old lady. So that could be, you know, people's yeah. grandmas. Yeah, That's that is, you know, the I, over 70s.
0: And I think the Dalai Lama has been known to say that he thinks that this... Age woman, the marga is is the powerful one to change the world mm. because she's no longer at home cooking meals and doing laundry and running around for everybody else. When that estrogen's really high and you just want to do everything for everyone because that's what your body's telling you to do, that your estrogen drops. Is that right in menopause? And then suddenly you're like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. Mm. Don't, I'm not going to be co- cooking and cleaning for you. Do that yourself because I've got stuff to do. I've got a voice. And I want to get out there and I want to focus on my projects. Mm. And we're physically so well. I mean, 50 to 70, we can be physically so strong. Mm. We're not frail old women.
1: No, but what you, how, how we care for ourselves through the process of perimenopause, which means around menopause, is what sets up our old life, mm. our age. Mm. our um, life as an old woman. So it's really important to pay so much attention to uh, the messages our bodies are giving us and what we need. So everything catches up with you at menopause. It's like...
0: You can't um, hide anymore.
1: No. And Dr. Christian Northrup, who writes a lot about this, she's got great books about it, she calls menopause the mother of all wake-up calls. Mm. And... It's a rite of passage that's designed to heal all the unhealed parts of you. So like you were talking about mm. situation, you know, uh you you mentioned that if you if you looked after yourself through the cycle, then your experience of the bleeding part of the cycle was graceful, easy, straightforward. Yeah. But if you didn't, then you know
0: I, I knew about well, it.
1: Yeah. So most people don't bring that level of connection to the beginning and the end and the middle of the cycle. And so what mainly happens, and there's been syndromes named after, a premenstrual syndrome, hmm. that um, in, in week three or so of our cycle, it's said that everything that's not working in our life shows up for us to pay attention to so we can let go of it. It meaning a way of thinking, a belief or a fear or whatever. So we can let go of that when we bleed and not have it, take it into our next cycle. So at menopause, everything that you swept under the carpet. Comes up. up. Yeah.
0: That's a good
1: thing. Well,
0: it's it's beautiful if you have the skills and tools to process it because it can be just incredibly debilitating and overwhelming if you're feeling all of this fear and you don't know where it's coming from, you don't understand it, you haven't yet been taught how to look at the patterns back through the years. I mean, there are still people out there who are... who who are, you know, pushing themselves really hard at the gym, on rigid diets, you know, still very focused on external validation, earning money, trying to be this person society wants them to be. And they have not entered this pausing, slowing down and listening down to, okay, what's my truth actually want? Do I even want this job? Do I even want this relationship? Mm -hmm. Do I, you know, what, do I want to go back to horse riding like I did when I was a child? Do I want to take up painting again? Um, and, and really starting to use that right brain and be more in the creative, open-minded, playful, humble side to ourselves. You know, if we don't have these skills to listen and go within, it's overwhelming, it's toxic, it's debilitating, it's lonely. Mm. And so I really want to validate anyone out there who's confused. Fair enough, it is confusing. And if you don't have a mentor or some type of process or program to support you through these big changes, what are you going to do? You know, it's so there, then there's heaps of support out there. Isn't there Jane?
1: There is. And you know, like we actually need to encourage women because this has not happened mm-hmm. to take responsibility for ourselves.
0: Yep. Yeah. Like, that's so big. I'm learning that every day.
1: Yeah. You know, like, cause that's one of the things that our rites of passage have potentially reinforced. Like for example, birthing, that um, it is not encouraged for women to take responsibility for themselves and make their choices based on what they think and feel and know. The, what is encouraged is to hand over your power to the system that will take responsibility for you. So which keeps this,
0: teaching you to do that throughout every other problem in your life. Can that, you please fix me? Because I've yeah. been taught that I can't do it myself.
1: Yeah, which is called the cult of the expert. So the cult of the expert ex- uh, encourages us to seek outside ourselves for actually what we know within. Yeah. At menopause, if you haven't been doing that, then that will be the thing that will potentially be the first step to yeah. actually take responsibility. So what I mean by that is, okay, I feel... Um, really exhausted today this isn't true I'm making this up so you wake up in the morning feel so terrible you feel dreadful you're tired and you're facing another day and you just can't be bothered to blah 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 and everybody's driving you nuts and you feel (laughs) irritated yeah everything so rather than just you know experience every moment following that as evidence that everyone else is a pain and they want too much of you and blah 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 blah, blah, blah. blaming
0: blaming, blaming blaming all about others
1: yeah to actually think okay now why do I feel like this have I ever felt like this before what is it related to what did I do yesterday oh. what did I do the day before what did I eat last night before I went to bed did I eat like heaps and heaps of chocolate you know, like taking responsibility for what we think, what we do, what we feel, um, everything we eat, everything we we watch, you know like there 's so much ghastly stuff to get absorbed in in the media and
0: it does impact impact our physiology and our mm-hmm. mental health so I wanted to just also put forth for people who don't know what it looks like to take responsibility, it does not mean you do it all on your own. And it does not mean you don't consult experts. So from if we use the example of someone with vestibular migraine, who might experience mild or any form of tinnitus and disequilibrium or dizziness. It's really important that you go to your doctor and you get the physical reality of what's going on in your body. You need to check it's not a tumour, it's not a stroke, it's not some heart failure. You need to get real good evidence that only a medical expert can give you so that is an empowered decision that's saying hey doctor can you please investigate me is there anything serious i need to know about once they say no look you all your vital signs are fine your brain is fine your heart's fine your lungs are fine Um, we're not sure what you have but maybe it might be an invisible silent migraine called a vestibular migraine then you go home and say go great I'm safe in that regard. I don't need to rely on the doctor anymore. Now I can go back and learn about this and I can ask myself, okay, um, what feelings am I having? What emotional supports am I going to need? Do I need people to cook for me? Do I need to ask a friend to drop in soup? Do I need to ask my family for cuddles? Do I need to put a sign on my door that says don't disturb for 24 hours? So you're advocating for yourself and you're getting your needs met by having autonomy and saying, this is what I need for my healing. And it's not negotiable. No, I'm not gonna drive you to soccer training tonight. I'm gonna be in bed reading my book or lights out sleeping. So it's about using your community network to serve you. So you're not totally victim to circumstance or giving your power away and other people telling you what you need or other people telling you what you have to do. And so the Rocksteady program I've built and the beautiful balance private therapy program I have is about teaching people how to go through that practice and how to get their power back because it's a huge philosophical change of how you view yourself, how you treat yourself, and how you experience the sensations in your body. So feeling fatigued can come as a gift rather than a burden mm. because that fatigue is teaching us something about what we need, which mm. is good. Mm. Mm.
1: Beautiful. I just thought about something else to say about the marga if you... Yeah, go for it. Yeah, so... Um, if we remember the whole autumn connection to it, mm-hmm. that it's a time of harvest, which means that we are of um, great value to our communities, to um, to the children, to the mothers and fathers, to the older folk as well, because we're in a t- at a time when we are able to see Mm-hmm. our harvest, which is basically everything that we've learned so far in our lives. And so the ha- the responsibility of a marga is to share her harvest. And, uh, and that's that- talents,
0: gifts, wisdom, experience, stories, whatever that is to you, share it.
1: Yes, exactly. And also it's the time of letting go, letting go of things that no longer serve you, things that don't feed you or nourish you and to take responsibility in that way like to stop leaking your energy in um yep. relationships or uh physical ways of being that actually deplete you
0: expecting other people or other things to make you happy
1: mm, yeah because exactly.
0: We can't, because we can't go to kmart and buy happiness and we can't expect our partners to read our minds or to do everything exactly how we want to do them we need to really advocate for ourselves give us get our needs met we need to soothe our own fears because no one else can do that for us actually it's a very Mm. internal sacred private personal process Mm. and when we are in that space of self-nurturing and self-filling up you know in the same ways we take our car down and we fill it up with petrol at the at the um, petrol station. We don't expect that to randomly happen for us while our car's parked outside. We go and we do it. Ooh. And it's the same with our bodies and it's with our physical health, getting those needs met, mental health, getting those needs met, emotional health, getting those needs met, and spiritual health and really looking, what do I believe here and is that belief feeding me? Mm. And I do think that's often the most overlooked aspect mm. of health.
1: Yeah. And this time in, a lot in life, this... Um menopausal time Mm -hmm. is time when reflection is the main kind of process and that could just look like fear but actually it's reflecting on everything that's going on how is that feeling etc and um, one thing I really want to mention around the um, some of the physical sensations of menopause the hot flush Mm Mm -hmm. or um, night sweat, which is basically a hot flush in the night, Mm -hmm. um, is that prior to a um, hot flush happening, like before the heat thing happens, we get a a bolt of adrenaline through our system. Mm -hmm. And so what that's often interpreted as is anxiety.
0: Yeah.
1: And actually what it is, is it's part of the hot flush. So a lot of women feel like they're getting anxiety at menopause, but actually if they realise the fact that that's just part of the hot flush, it's a bit easier to recognise and not something else that's wrong. And how that shows up is different in everybody, but most commonly a feeling of dread or doom Mm -hmm. or like something's wrong, Mm. like your radar, like, is buzzing
0: well and it's like part of you is dying like the old version of you is going through that cocooning process of the caterpillar and, and and a lot of the old ways you looked at life or the old ways you treated yourself or related to the world, that is actually dying. That's the whole purpose of menopause yeah. so that then you can rebirth yourself into a completely sovereign woman with a voice that is empowered and strong and you are ready for the world to hear it. So you're,
1: you're letting and go. The of world shame. needs that.
0: Yeah, letting go of shame. And so this feeling of dread can be like, oh, my God, what is happening here? But it can Mm. actually be an incredibly empowering process that you are letting go of the old version of you that you've outdated.
1: That software needs updating. Mm. Mm. And, you know, like in traditional Chinese medicine, menopause is referred to as the second spring.
0: Yeah, beautiful.
1: Mm. So, like, you know, that is a healthful perspective and rebirth perspective
0: and and my personal perspective this is not professional but personal is i never watch oprah but i love what oprah does in the sense that she's an older woman but certainly not a crone she's all about raising up other women so if she sees you write a book she sees you've got a podcast if she sees you've got something that is touching heart and soul and touching into modern-day spirituality, she will get you on her show and buy a thousand copies of your book and just rave about you. She's all about raising up her sisters, raising up society. And I, for me, that represents the marga. It's this getting out there, being on, in front of millions of people and not being ashamed to talk about your truth.
1: Mm. And Apparently, also margas are the largest demographic in the world. Oh, really?
0: Yeah,
1: and um, also wow. that Jane Fonda said that on a podcast where she was talking about ageing. And also from um, one of the local, to me, Aboriginal wise women, elder women, Min Maya, yep. she, she speaks of the postmenopausal woman Mm-hmm. in a wonderful way i was speaking with her and i was asking her from her perspective what was menopause all about was you know i said it seems like you got to renegotiate things and you got to renegotiate work-life balance renegotiate your sexuality renegotiate relationships etc and she said to me oh such a western way of thinking <laughs> renegotiation she said the role of the Mimi, that's their term for the postmenopausal woman, mm-hmm. is to weave the dreams for the grandchildren.
0: Or the great-great-grandchildren.
1: Exactly. So it's not business as usual. It's not renegotiation to get back to where you were. It's a whole new job.
0: Yeah, and I feel like it's like often in society we're told you've got to be beautiful, you've got to be skinny, you've got to have red rosy cheeks and a sparkle in your eye and, you know, be that woman who lights up the room and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like I think once you hit menopause, a lot of women will say I'm invisible, no one notices me anymore. And there's freedom in that. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have to be a people pleaser, not that anyone has to be, but often we're really sucked into that conventional Expectation that you've got to be beautiful and smiley and happy, and your anger and your shame and your guilt and your sadness is not okay here. Mm. And I feel like there's an unapologetic, like if if this is not okay with me, the mug is going to say it. Mm. Like this is not okay. You cannot Mm. act in that disrespectful way. I feel blah blah blah. Mm. And her anger is very much anger that the rest of the world is is too afraid to show or to reflect or to articulate. And so I feel that from that Min Maya perspective, if we keep carrying on making ignorant decisions as a society, that will directly impact our great-great-grandchildren.
1: Mm, yeah, absolutely. And, and Cedar Basto, who taught me about the whole concept of Marga, she says the Marga speaks the truth without shame or blame. She's not trying to impress anyone. It's Although, you know, having said that, it is probably the greatest, one of the greatest struggles around this life phase is the ageing process and the fact that, you know, many women call it the invisibility, but also mm. just to, because our culture is so ageist, you know, like mm. it's fixated on youth and beauty. And so for the postmenopausal woman who doesn't plump up her skin with hormone replacement therapy just to look good, Then there is definitely a very big letting go of um, all the effects that estrogen has on the body. I think, for sure.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I definitely agree with that. And I know there's been times when I've presented at um, big national medical conferences, and I have felt that people viewed me as a young, blonde, you know, human or woman. She couldn't. Possibly have anything valuable to say, and there and there, did feel to be a judgment that. Um, it's interesting because my dad said the opposite to me. He said, "When you look older, people will trust you more."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I think there is a part of every man and woman that loves their grandma and loves their favourite aunties and loves. There's a, a there's a great warm, loving, knowing experiential wisdom that probably everybody can relate to. And it's a great shame that she isn't running more countries and making more decisions and putting out more fires around the world. Cause I do think that it's still there, mm. you know, that, that deep respect mm. for for wisdom and it's a felt thing it's much much less um lingual and it's not political (laughs)
1: Mm, mm, mm.
0: but yeah i I feel like we need to really keep connecting to those women in our own lives and use Mm. them talk to them ask them for their
1: knowledge Mm. and have a perspective that is autumn in nature Mm. that is very useful
0: yeah And I know autumn for me is a quietening down. It's lots of grey skies, but beautiful lighting. For us, it's great surf. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And autumn in a fruit system, that would be when you get the most harvest of your fruit, wouldn't it? Yeah. Everything's most aromatic. It's ready to go. You want to be pickling, jarring, making jams. Very
1: busy, very busy.
0: Yeah, so autumn represents, you know, it's not as beautiful as summer or spring. So it's less aesthetically pleasing perhaps, but it's incredibly abundant. Mm. And so I think that's, that's a really although beautiful...
1: Although, you know, like if you think about the deciduous trees and the gorgeous colour, mm. yeah, but it's definitely a turning within. Yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. There's beauty in every season. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Mm. Well, I hope everybody listening is inspired to look into margas. Look into viewing menopause in a, in a cocooning and butterflying perspective. This is such an exciting and rich time of life. And when my clients come to me in this menopausal time, I'm like, I'm so excited for you. <laughs> like, this is an amazing time of your life you are just stepping into. And I'm so privileged to be beside you as you're doing that. So it's, it's an exciting and powerful time of life, which I'm not very close to. <laughs> but, you know, if I live that long, I'll, I'll get there. <laughs> so yeah i really encourage everybody to have these conversations go within get support and take self-responsibility i do think um that's the biggest gift you will ever give yourself mm-hmm. so jane it's the school of dot or.com no au
1: just com.
0: school of com. i'm going to have that link get in touch with jane she runs workshops all over the world around birthing pregnancy menarch menopause you name it and your the men in your life will benefit from you doing this work because it's not just about women it's about all of us as humans however women need to do their women work and that's um really the flag that jane's flying so get in touch although there's men workshops too aren't there men's workshops yep and it's all on your website so For those of you with vertigo, tinnitus, go to my website, seekingbalance.com.au. There are loads of free resources, plenty of interviews. I've got self-study programs and private therapy programs. If this is something you feel you want to invest in for yourself, reach out. I am here to support you through these transitions and healing. Jane, it's just an absolute pleasure to learn with you, beside you and from you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Joey. Good on you for all you're doing.
0: Oh, likewise. Bye (laughs) for now.
1: Mwah.